As Eckhart Tolle said, boredom, anger, sadness, or fear are not yours, not personal. They are conditions of the human mind. They come and go. Nothing that comes and goes is you. Join Sue Jackson every Tuesday at 10 a.m. for Finding Human, a look at the wonder that is the human mind, right here on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human, and my guest today via Skype is Andre Lagrange. I'm not sure, Andre, if you pronounce it Lagrange. Our topic is One Man's Search for Meaning. Are you on the line, Andre? I am, thank you. Welcome, it's so good to have you. I have just walked up a few flights of stairs because there we've got no electricity. Nelson Mandela said that he dreams of an Africa at peace with itself. Well, I must admit right now I'm dreaming, dreaming of a South Africa with electricity. How are you doing down there in Port Elizabeth? <laughs> you know, uh, we're all suffering in the same way. I spoke to someone the other day uh, about this. And uh, I said to him, you know, we are so fortunately, so fortunate. We on the, the hospital grid, we live very close to one of the big hospitals in Port Elizabeth, and we never have load shedding. He said to me, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Ah. <laughs> well, I must admit, as I was trudging up the stairs, I thought, thank goodness I got here a bit early so I could catch my breath before connecting with you. Um, <laughs> Andre, before we go on, I would just like to mention the victims of the Christchurch massacre the, in the mosques in New Zealand, um, it, I mean, and also the Netherlands, that attack. Uh, it's too terrible what's happening with terror. And I would just like to say, because I have a voice on the radio, just to say that really, I do send them our deepest, deepest sympathy. And, um, you know, Nelson Mandela said, no one is born hating another person because of the color of their skin, his background, or his religion. People learn to hate. And if they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love. For love comes more naturally to the human heart than its opposite, hate. What do you think about that quote? Absolutely true. Uh, it's life is about choices, and you choose to hate uh, as you choose to love. And um, it's so sad. And I, I absolutely, absolutely agree with the quote. And I, and I agree with you. And um, we sympathise with these victims. Um, it's so sad it's that so individuals sad. choose and to have their, their their own personal war today. That, you're so right. I mean, they say he was a lone wolf, the one. And as you said, it is a personal war, but it does come from a place of, of learning, of learning hate also. Um, Andre, now, I would like to know, Andre is on our show because last week Rabbi Ron Hendler mentioned Andre and said that he was a convert to Judaism and that he lives in P.E., and so I have got him on the line. He very kindly said he would come on our program. And I want to find out. I've got a few questions for him, and some questions have come through as well. Andre, just tell me, what is your Hebrew name at the, now? Gidon Yermihel Ben Avram. And people often ask, uh, do, do they choose your names for you, or do you have? 
the choice to choose your own names. Uh, we can choose our own names. They guide us and they assist us in the process. But I, um, Why did you choose Gideon? Um, the, the, the figure uh, in the Bible always impressed me. Um, he, he seemed, when you, when you read his story in the book of Judges, he, he, he seems like a, a person who was at that stage when the angel of God met with him as a fearful person. He was hiding and he was working with his grain on his grain harvest in the wine press. Uh, because he, he feared the enemy, that the, the enemy would rob him of his, his harvest. Mm. And it was at that stage when the angel appeared to him and called him a, a brave hero. And um, that just boggled my mind. Uh, always, that always boggled my mind. And it, and it just uh, motivates me and I think everyone to know that um, uh, who we are and who we can be are not always the same thing. That's um, so true. When, when, when Hashem looks at us, He looks us, at us differently, and He sees the potential in what we can become. And, 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 and uh, Gidon was, was a man who, who learned to, to rely on Hashem. He never fought the, the wars. Hashem fought the wars mm. for him. He just had to trust Hashem. Well, do you yeah. like to be called Gidon or Andre now? Uh, when when I when I uh, me and my wife when we came out of the mikvah uh, and we were born anew as Jewish people, uh, we both decided that uh, we would love to to be uh, called uh, on our Hebrew names. My my wife's new name is uh, is Ruth. Oh, uh, and, the Ruth, uh, the mother of all yeah. converts. One. Yeah, I, I, I listened to your program last week and yes. was talking about yeah. Ruth and what Ruth had said to Naomi about following her. Now, um, just tell me a bit about your background, Andre. You, what, what religion were you as a child? Well, obviously Christian. You know, I was. Uh, I was almost born in the church. <laughs> my uh, my parents. Uh, I. Um, Adopted the religion that my parents were part of. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, part of a big denominational Pentecostal church, and I grew up in that church. Um, I really grew up in the church. You know, those days, uh, I can still remember my parents used to go to the midweek service on Wednesdays and and uh, the the youth service on Friday or Saturdays. I can't remember. And uh, there was Sunday school uh, on Sunday mornings, and we had to stay. Uh, for the morning service and then again the evening service and I still have vague images of uh, my infant years when uh, my mother used to bribe me with Mari biscuits uh, <laughs> Andre, on, sorry, on we've just platform. got to hang on there and go to advert, just hang on the line please From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business this is 101.9 High FM Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human. My guest today is Gidon Lagrange, and uh, our topic is One Man's Search for Meaning. And Gidon is telling us about his uh, his early childhood when he was a member of uh, the Pentecostal Church, and also then we'll go on to discussing his gradual uh, searching and his 
conversion to Judaism. Right, Gidon. So tell me, so you were bribed to go there by Mari Biscuits. I must admit I was also bribed yeah. as a child to go I, yeah, <laughs> to I Sunday school. I, I was bribed. I was bribed to to stay quiet, to keep quiet, <laughs> not to make a noise <laughs> on my blanket under under the uh, in the pew. <laughs> and were you a searching child? Did you ask questions then? I I think so. Um, I, I I think the way we were brought up, um, we uh, I don't think I really searched. Uh, really ask the questions. I think it came to me before I even uh, could ask. Um, but but what what I can remember, if I have to be honest, that that I was always um, aware of the fact that that um, that our lives uh, needed to be need to be in order. Even as a young child, hmm. I always questioned myself. Uh, wanting to know whether I was in the right standing with, with God. Gosh, is that so? That's quite amazing. So, so religion was actually meaningful in your life. Well, that, that relationship with God was a meaningful relationship to you. Was it a fear, fear driven relationship? I think that played a role, you know, as a child, um, and, and, uh, but but I think later on um, I, I had um, I, I could call it uh, an experience when I was 13 years old, yes. uh, where I, where I really took a, a meaningful decision to to dedicate my life uh, in a meaningful way to God, and uh, and 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 from then on it it, it was different. Um, um, there, there were, there was a time uh, during my youth days when, when it faded again. Mm-hmm. Uh, those that used to go to the army, and and, and after after that, um, I did sort of move away from the church, but I didn't really move away. And um, then I was never, never really reckless uh, in in life. Um, okay, so you yeah. always had that tendency towards responsibility. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. And I believe like you were a pastor, is that right? In in your church, were you a yeah, pastor? That came, what that happened? came at a late stage of my life. I I worked for a a, a, a big um, trading company, a large trading company, and um, uh, I was part of that company for fifteen years. Gosh. Um, was the time of the of my life where I wanted to climb the ladder, work very hard, wanted to be successful, and then just at a certain stage, uh, I I started um, realizing that, that that there was a, a a deeper purpose in my life. So success and, and that, to you was not just the money and the power that came with your job. You were looking for something deeper, were you? I think so. Yes, I I can remember. Uh, we, you know, when you, I always used to go on on. We always used to go on holiday in December, and uh, that's the time when during the year you're so busy uh, moving in the fast lane, and and uh, and that was uh, December holiday was always the time that you could relax and think about your own life. And I can remember saying to my wife one year. We were on the beach uh, somewhere on the south coast, and I said to my wife, you know, I think 
I made a mistake. I should have become a teacher. Hmm. And uh, and it did work out that way. Isn't that amazing? So how did it unfold then? I mean, did you go into it full time or or what actually happened? Yes, I I started studying part time, but I I soon realized that it it was the task was was too much. It was too difficult, you know, starting with two foreign languages, Hebrew and Greek, uh, as part of the syllabus, and 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 after one year, uh, I took the step and uh, I I went full time into seminary. I was uh, full time in seminary for four years. Gosh! And then, and then a practical year after that, uh, I was legitimated. And then a year later, I was ordained as a full time minister in the church. Gosh, that's a okay. long training. And your wife must have supported you through all of that. Uh, was she, she your support system through it? Yeah, all the while. Um, I must say, uh, thank God for for that. That we are really one in everything, and uh, she she always supported me, and uh, she she had to receive her own bit of training during those years, and you know the practical life of being in in, in ministry mm-hmm. formed her as well. So we were in it together. Gosh, I'm sh- I'm sure you must have with the community that they need the 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 pastor, the minister, and his wife to be involved. Uh, I mean, definitely with the rabbis and the rebbitzins, that's how it works. Yeah, yeah, it's the same. Mm. <laughs> Whether you're a pastor or a duomini or a priest or a rabbi, it's the same. Mm, absolutely, you don't do it alone. And just yeah. tell me, so how long were you a preacher for? Um, about twenty years. Good I served, heavens! I served in, in two churches in yes. Free State, five years each, and then we received a calling to come down to Port Elizabeth. Um, we took about five months before we gave our answer and before we really before we came moved down, um, and um, and then um, then I served here. Uh, full time for about 10 years Gosh, is that so So how did did you decide To leave all that you had built Up behind you What a major decision Yeah, I I don't think it was a a decision That happened in in a moment There was no Big bang revelation That that made me uh, Take such a drastic Decision I think it, it really all started um, towards the end of 20, uh, to 20, oh, so 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, someone started negotiating with me for a possible move to another city. And uh, it was, it was such a, a, a big a decision for us at that stage in our life that, um, my wife and I, we decided that we'll take off one weekend. And on a Sunday morning, we took a car. We drove to a beautiful place called Sardinia Bay, one of the most beautiful beaches in the country. And from there, we walked in a direction where we walked for a long way till there were, we could see no more people. And uh, we just stayed there. For about an hour, we went to to pray. We we always uh, um, uh, that was. So you turned to God. 
Yeah, out for guidance you know, mm. when we have to, to take major in everything, but especially in, in, in major for major decisions. And I'll never forget that morning we 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 came to a spot, and um, and as we arrived there, um, this thought came to mind that this is most probably a prayer for the final phase of. Of my life, mm-hmm. final phase of of ministry, and 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 I said a short prayer that morning. That's how we started our time there on the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I said to Hashem that that I would like to spend the rest of my life in a way that will suit Him, mm-hmm. and uh, if He would guide me in in a way that that I won't make mistakes. Um, uh, Gidon, just hang on. Sorry, we're going to get back to that. We're just breaking for an advert. The best part of your day. At the heart of your community. All the talk. All the music. All the news. Hi, FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human. My guest today is Gidon Lagrange from PE, and our topic is One Man's Search for Meaning. You can SMS us on 34519. Or you could WhatsApp us on 061-895-1019. Now, Gidon, to go back to you sitting on the beach and you were asking for guidance from Hashem, what were the answers that you got? Um, we were, at that stage, we were busy um, building onto our home it was a difficult thing. I, I wasn't sure what to do. I had many questions. Should we complete the house and sell it or not sell it? And, and um, you know, I, I, I always say sometimes you get a thought in your mind that thought w- will not leave you, and, and you feel that you can't leave that thought. Mm. That's what I call a divine thought. Um, and, and completely against the, the flow of what, we were there for that morning. The thought that came into my mind was, you need to be cleansed. You need to be washed. Mm-hmm. And I must be honest, I, I didn't understand what it, what that meant. Mm-hmm. I, I shared it with my wife and we started uh, confessing to one another and to, to God anything that we could think of that could possibly be a hindrance in our lives. And even the things that we didn't know about, we confessed. But as from that day on, and, and up to now, and, and it's still continuing. You know, in, in when 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 in, in, in Judaism, um, that is that is why we have Yom Kippur every year. Mm-hmm. We we need to stay clean. Uh, we need to be washed all the time. And I didn't realize then what it really meant, uh, but. Uh, as time went on, I discovered, and um, we so we we didn't go home that morning with with an answer of whether we should leave Port Elizabeth or we, whether we should stay. We just had so much peace mm-hmm. and assurance that, that that God was with us and that He would guide us uh, on on the way forward. And um, miraculously, nothing happened. Um, about the new call to the new city and, and, uh, and, and at the end of that year, this was, this happened in September 2007. 
And towards the end of that, uh, I, I took my, my leave in, in late December. And um, I'll, I'll never forget, we were sitting watching TV on the 31st, late night show. It was a concert. And uh, and I said to my wife, all of a sudden, you know, there's a new year waiting for us. And I just feel that um, that it's going to be different. Um it's going to be new. Uh, what what I should maybe share is uh, that that day when we left the beach, we went home, and you know, as a as a well trained well trained in theology, I I knew how to open up scriptures and how to deal with the Bible, mm-hmm. and I would never have uh, in my life before would just open the Bible and, and, and read something and take it for myself. But it happened to me that day. Mm. Um, I was like a sponge. And um, and uh, when I got home, I went to my study to read. And uh, I opened the Bible in, in the book of Isaiah. And um, I actually wrote, wrote it down uh, to share. Um, uh, it, it says, I think it's around about verse 18 or 19, do not recall former occurrences occurrences, and do not contemplate earlier events hmm. for behold I'm bringing forth a new miracle now it will spread out you will surely know it hmm. I will make a road in the desert and a river in the wilderness you know I, we just accepted that for ourselves uh, for I accepted it for myself and it and it made me realize that there was something new waiting for us and that, 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 that I had to prepare myself to move outside of my, my com- personal comfort zone. You won't believe it, but a few days later, I didn't share this with my wife and a few days later, she came to me and she had a small piece of paper in her hand and she said to me, I want you to read this. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this scripture, this exact verse, was written on that on Good that piece. Heavens, of that's such synchronicity and intuition, shared intuition. That's amazing. But yeah. but get on moving forward. Um, you know, often when we the stage of letting go of something is so often filled with doubt, confusion, uh, anxiety. And we're often left with this abyss, this void of, of not knowing how to fill it. Did you ever feel that? Hello, are you there? Um, mm. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I, I, uh, for a few years, you know, I eventually, um, the, the first few months of 2008 was, was very difficult for me. It was uh, during that time that that I started learning that that I would have to go. That I, and, and there was there was nothing wrong that happened. I mean, I I loved my work, but I just knew I had to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember in March of two thousand and eight, I I had a free weekend. I used to have a free weekend in, in per quarter. And it was a Saturday morning, and I wanted to go and do cycling. I love cycling, but the wind was blowing, and and I decided to put my bike on the trainer and just sit comfortably. And while I was sitting on the on 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 my bike, in just in in a moment, I was just overwhelmed with with thoughts of the state that I was in. It was I I I just I was just convicted 
and and I became aware that I was not really serving God. Um, I was serving a, a system, and um, and 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 I had a, for a split second, I had this this image of where I saw myself sitting in a prison cell with shackles around my ankles, mm. and. And that was, I think that was a defining moment for me. It was, it was so real that, that I knew from that moment that, that I will have to leave if, if I wanted to, to grow from that point onwards. And then eventually on the 1st of April of that year, 2008, I officially resigned and, uh, on the last day, of the month, or I think it was the last day of the month, last Sunday of the month, I gave my uh, my final sermon, my farewell sermon. Um, and, and was uh, there shock? And, and, Did was it greeted with shock and disbelief, or how I, were your I, I congregation? So that the, the church where I was serving at that stage was was a, was a large church. Mm. We were more than pastor, and and. Um, not so much of my personal life was was in the open in public uh, and uh, but 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 people did come afterwards um, and wanted to know more of what was was happening what was happening to me um, and, and and I think it was mainly after that time uh, from the first of may where i uh, I'll never forget that Monday morning. Uh, I got up and did the same things I, I usually I used to do on a Monday morning. But I realized uh, I took my son to, to school. He was still my youngest, was still at school. And uh, my, my, my wife went uh, off uh, to work to her office. And, and I realized that uh, where was I? And uh, I came back home and I, I walked into the house to the lounge. And um, I just threw my hands up. Um, I didn't have an office anymore to go to. <laughs> and I threw my hands up and I said, God, what now? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and also on that day, um, I received something in my heart, you know, that just that, um, that still inner voice um that really got me going in a, in a particular direction um it was at the moment when i asked the question that that and, and it's it's as if i can can repeat word for word uh, the words that the blueprint for man uh can be found uh was given to moses god gave it to moses and he never changed that blueprint and uh, that that made me uh, you know th- th- that statement for a for a Christian pastor was 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 not um, balancing with with the belief system uh, of, of my own belief system of that time, and um, to 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 have the the, the Torah as as the blueprint mm-hmm. uh, was this was never the way I thought hmm. about life and. And and from that day on, I started reading and studying the Torah, um, and 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 um, 
But but to come back to the uh, the question of of that void, so many things. I think a period of seven years uh, went by hmm. where where I had to d- discover I knew so much, um, and it was not only the things, the knowledge that I had, the things I knew, but it was all, also the things, all the things that I used to do, my practical life. All the experiences, practical and spiritual experiences, that that I had to deal with, um, and 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 it was it was as if uh, a magnifying glass was over me uh, all the time. You know, I had to, I had to deal with with every aspect of my my old belief system. Mm. And, um, and and. That was that was the difficult time. Um, the that questioning way, um, must have been very exhausting, actually. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. The, the, the way it happened for us uh, was that I first had to come out from where I was, and it took me a long time. What um, do you mean, come out? I, what What do you mean by that? Well, the, the, the things that we practice in, in church, we had festivals. Mm. Mainly, the two great festivals was Easter and Christmas. Mm. Um, we came out of that, and then we, we started. Uh, me personally, started uh, questioning uh, scriptures of the Christian Bible. Mm. I had to deal with things. In, 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 in Christian scriptures. And then eventually, and I think if you really speak to, to converts, I think the, the last thing that you hold on to is the Christian Messiah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think the, the, the place of loneliness and the fear that goes with that, uh, only starts when, when you get to that stage. I because think I agree with you because a lot of, uh, uh, religions teach uh, are punishing religions. You know, fear. They teach fear that you'll be punished for certain thoughts and th- certain deeds. Judaism is more uh, uh, a religion of love and acceptance of self. So I think uh, uh, converting, you've got to let go of a lot of those fears and um, you know, and actually begin to take on a different understanding. Yes. What, what people don't realize is that um, Christians have a covenant mm. and, and, and you have to, to break loose of that covenant. And the moment you do that, that is when you're in that void. Mm. And, um, and, and, and after I have come out, um, uh, I realized, and, and I think I was, I was in no man's land for, for, for a long time. Um, I was actively busy coming out, but then at least for a year or two, I was just nowhere in that place of, of in that void. And, um, and, and then, um, uh, we, we were in, in Cape Town and we have a, we had a friend, she passed on about two years ago. Um, we always used to visit a Jewish lady. They used to be our neighbors at one stage. And uh, they always used to invite us on Friday nights for a Shabbos meal. Mm. And uh, they became like a father and mother to us. 
and and we visited and, and and we she said to us we booked for lunch at my daughter's in Seapoint and uh, and we all went there and uh, when 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 we were having lunch we were talking and she was asking uh, uh, a lot of questions a very wise lady she she is she this the daughter me, you're talking about is this the, the daughter, daughter yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she, at one stage, she asked me, she, she said, but what are you now? Huh. And it was, it was such a difficult question. Mm. I couldn't tell her what I was. Gee. And, um, I was, you know, and then that made me realize that, that I was, I was doing a balancing act. Um, and, um, and, and she just helped me. She gave me that final push. Um, my, my final sermon, uh, the day uh, when I left the church, um, there was a student, an art student in the church, and I called her and I said to her, I want to preach about uh, finding a new life, and um, and I'm going to preach to myself, to no one else. And uh, I asked her if she would be able to draw a painting while I was preaching. Mm-hmm. And she said, yes, yeah, sure. Um, she needed an half an hour, and if you can just picture this in your mind, the, the the painting was, and the sermon was about two mountains. You take one mountain on your left hand side, and put a mountain next to it on your right hand side, and 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 the sermon was about a person climbing this mountain on the left, climbing it, and while that person is climbing the mountain, he can't see that other mountain. And to, until you get to the top. Mm-hmm. And, and this was me. I was on top of my career. I was top, on top of this mountain. And that was where I was doing uh, the balancing act. But because I could see the other mountain. And I knew that I was on the wrong mountain. And you had to go and into was that no, valley to get to the yes, top of the yeah. other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, there was no direct way from the top of this mountain to the top of the next mountain. I needed to get down and, and, and down and, and through, like you say, the valley, which, mm-hmm. which reminded me of, of that scripture in Isaiah that I will make a road in the desert mm-hmm. and a river in, in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was, uh, that, that was, uh, that, that took a few, it took a few years. I'm sure. Now, Gidon, I see, I'm just looking up at the time. Um, Craig, who's sitting next to me, was just showing me the time. So I just need to move on a little bit now. So when you got back to PE after that, that meeting with that woman in Seapoint, did you make contact with the Hebrew congregation there? Um, something happened at that stage, which was to us a miracle because we couldn't really afford it. Um, I went to we, I went to Israel. I've been to Israel oh. before, you know, on a traditional, on a traditional tour. But I've, I always wanted to go back to spend personal time, and um, I went, and I lived in I I mean I stayed in in in, in, the, in the old city close mm-hmm. to the Yaffa Gate uh, for two weeks, mm-hmm. and every morning. Uh, so I had my breakfast at seven o'clock, and I used to walk down to the hotel Gosh, to pray. How wonderful! And most well, most mornings, uh, I just stood there in awe, you know, being 
in the holiest city in the world, in the in the holiest on the in the holiest spot of the holiest city, and 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 to be there and to pray um, uh, for two weeks every morning and every afternoon I went, and um, and then. Um, uh, before I came home, I decided just to take a, a, some time out and I hired a car and I drove up on the eastern side up the Jordan Valley to the north where I put into a kibbutz hotel for a few days just to relax. Just hang and on there. We're just going to advert. Hang on. Stay relevant and up to date. This is 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and my guest today is Gidon Lagrange from PE, and we are talking about his search uh, towards Judaism. I just wanted to just quote a, a quote by Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, who said, Our common humanity precedes our religious differences. And Gidon, you mentioned being at the Kotel, and that's one of the things that always strikes me every time I'm at the Kotel in Jerusalem, how wonderfully mixed it is. There are people from all different religions there in all countries, and there's just a wonderful feeling of peace there. Did you find that as well? Absolutely, and I'll never forget, uh, I was standing on the first day I was there, an old gentleman with a long beard, very modestly dressed, came to me. Uh, I didn't really see him. He came from the side, and he put his hand on my shoulder. And I thought, well, maybe I have trouble, you know. Maybe I, 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 I'm not allowed to be there. And I said to him, look, I, I'm just here to pray. I'm, I'm not a Jew. Uh, um, I'm from South Africa. He said to me, relax, relax. I'm just here to say to you that you are welcome oh, and enjoy. Wow. That's fantastic. So That's then you were, life. then you came yeah. back home after Israel and what yeah. happened then? Well, um, I was, I was uh, saying that, um, the before I came, I came home, yes, I, I, I went up north and the last night before I came back, uh, I went out on, onto the lake and it was a beautiful evening and, and I was kind of sad. I thought to myself, you know, I might never have the same experience again, never see this land again. And uh, at that moment, a thought came uh, to mind, um, that, you know, you'll find Israel anywhere in the world. Hmm. Everywhere you go, even in your city, you'll find Israel. Hmm. And uh, it, it, it was almost like a wake-up call. It, it, it motivated me so much. And then I came back, and that was I, – I knew that if I wanted to have a, experience Israel, have any any uh, a kind of experience, I will have to – to find Jewish people, mm. and I knew that that there was a, a synagogue, uh, Orthodox synagogue, and we had a rabbi at that time. Uh, he's now in Johannesburg. He's not here anymore. Um, but I made an appointment. I went, and I'm, I met a, a rabbi for the first time. Did your and, wife uh, go with you, or did you go alone? No, I first went alone. Even okay. when we, I started going to shul, mm. it was quite a culture shock to me. Uh, sure. I went, 
to myself with uh, by myself, and later on uh, my son-in-law and my son started going. The three mm. men started going mm. on Friday nights. You know, that's that's the more user-friendly service. Yes, <laughs> and yeah, and later on. Uh, our wives started going with us as mm. well on Friday nights, and then we ventured into the Saturday mornings, mm. and um, and and um, and then we had our first. Uh, this was in 2015. And uh, were, were we the, was the community welcoming to you, or did you feel like an outsider there? Um, not from from their point of view, you know. Personally, you 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 might feel that, but you know, Port Elizabeth has two names. It's called the Friendly City and the Windy City. Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, the, the wind the wind doesn't blow every day, uh, but the people are friendly every day, uh-huh. and so is this community. If without the community, uh, the Jewish community, we wouldn't have been able to do it. It's just a wonderful. Community, it's it's not a young community. I think our average age is, is above seventy, mm-hmm. uh, and, but it's such a wonderful uh, group of people. So, did all and, your family uh, convert with you? Yes, um, not all family. We have three children. Mm-hmm. We have a daughter in Johannesburg. She didn't marry. Lives in Johannesburg. Um, she she didn't. She's my second oldest. Uh, our, my firstborn, our, our firstborn, uh, she and her husband uh, converted with their two children. They are, their son is 10 years old and their daughter is, I think, seven or eight. And um, and then my son, uh, he's, he's still young, he's 24, also recently married, and uh, both him and his wife, Converted, so thank God, the children down here and we have, have all converted, and they they all with us in shul every week. How fantastic! So, what does what does Judaism mean to you now? Is it a way of life, or what? What, what do you feel it is? It it is it is definitely. It is not only a life, a way of life. I think it's it's life itself. Um, I I always wondered right through the the time, the two years while we were on the official program with Rabbi Hendler, I always said to myself, I, I really want to be a Jew, mm-hmm. um, a real Jew. And I later on laughed at myself because all Jews are real Jews, <laughs> but. Um, but you know, I, I I thought to myself, we do we did so much. We did you do so much learning, and and you change and you grow through your learning. And you but question. Also, That's yeah, but, one but thing about Judaism. You question. I always asked myself, what what was Hashem going to do? Was was He going to do something uh, to change us? So that, that we know our, our, our inner beings are truly Jewish. And, um, and, and I think, I think once that happens, we, the, the year before we, I think it was Shabbat just before we converted, um, 
we we were learning with a rabbi on Shavuot when we tried to learn to learn through the night, and um, and and he was talking about this this Yiddish kop this this the soul of the Jew um, that and, and he said it's different a, a Jew is has the compatibility to understand the, the Torah and to know Torah and. And, and, I, and, and that was the opportunity for me to ask him this question. I said, Rabbi, so if, if that is a Jew, what, what, when does a, a convert receive that? And he said to me, you know, that happens in the mikvah. And, and the mikvah is, is described as a, as a womb where you are, are born a new person. Just let's explain to our listeners what a, a mikvah is. It's a ritual bath, and uh, all converts go into it, and the women uh, use it we- uh, monthly. Um, go on. Do you want to explain a bit more? Yes, converts, the males have to be circumcised, and you have to go through the mikvah, um, and women go through the mikvah, and... It's, it's personal, but you go into that, that mikvah not wearing anything. Mm-hmm. And when you come out of that water, you come into the world um, as a new person, just like a baby comes into the world. And, um, and, and it, was, it was a very, very special moment. From, from that day on, um, I, I, I found that I could speak about about what Judaism really is. Mm-hmm. I, I, so you really embraced was, it from then onwards? Absolutely, it changed. From that moment, it changed. Mm-hmm. And and I think a year later, you know, it is so much that you don't know what to do with it. Um, but after about a year, I, I, I really, I could really feel who I was. And, and, and I think one of the aspects that, that we, and I think most converts will say this, that one of the aspects that, that, that we find in our lives is, is gratitude. Mm-hmm. It is so much, it's, it's such a great treasure that, that you receive, uh, that, that becomes part of you and you become part of it, uh, that, um, and it's you can't a way of life. We just we, we, get on. We're just going to advert. A frequency like no other. 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I have been talking to Gideon Lagrange from PE, and we've been talking about his search towards Judaism and his conversion. We haven't uh, covered everything. It's the hour goes so quickly, but I just wanted to say that, you know, you say that it's uh, all the, the gratitude within it. And I think Judaism, Judaism is very much about the gratitude, all the blessings, the brochas that we say over food, over water, over seeing this, the, the ocean for, for the first time after not seeing it for a while, over lightning. All those beautiful brochas and the blessings are all about gratitude, aren't they? Absolutely. It's, um, uh, I learned, uh, that, you, you know, we always say a bracha before and then we say one afterwards that, that first bracha we say is, 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 is to ask, can I have it? Um, uh, you, you ask permission. 
you take you take the apple before you take a bite of the apple you you say a broha and uh, you ask permission and then you have it and after you've had it you say thank you you say another broha and and this this is the way we live um, absolutely I, I heard Rabbi Hendler saying last week that we try to say a hundred brachas every day. So that it just consumes your whole life. Absolutely. <laughs> every moment of your life. Gidon, we're going to have to end now. We haven't even got to the part of you, you know, your, your full conversion. We will do that at another date, but thank you so much for being on this program. What I would like to just say is that, um, the Rebbe said that no human being can claim superior ancestral origin. And I loved what he said. He said, our sages of the Talmud explain why the creation of man differed from the creation of other living species and why, among other things, man was created as a single individual, unlike other living creatures created in pairs. One of the reasons our sages declare is that it was God's design that the human race, all humans everywhere and at all times, should know that each and all descend from the one and same single progenitor, a fully developed human being created in the image of God, so that no human could claim superior ancestral origin, hence would also find it easier to cultivate and a real feeling of kinship in all interhuman relationships. And I think that is what I would like to end with, that may there just be the kinship between all religions and all cultures and races. Andre, thank you so much once again, and I will be in touch with you. Next week, I have Philip Thayer's, General Smuts's grandson, coming on, and he will be talking about Israel beyond the negativity. Thank you so much. Thank you, Andre.